Y'all already know what it is. Your boy Yakob, what it do? The Island to Reality, the holdest podcast in Vegas and Chicago. What up? This is the place where you want to have from your drama or maybe have from your baby mama. <laughs> Just kidding. But, anyways, fans, si tu quieres cambiar tu vida, if you want to change your life, then subscribe. Ching And by the way, fans, um, I just released my first book called Shabbat in Chicago. It's out on Amazon. Oh, Sam, my boy got it too. <laughs> It's about an audacious single mom who opens her heart and home to five kids. So please check it out. And today we have a very special guest. I had him bring him back. He's been here a few times. He's loving it. Uh, for the one and only Mike Albridge. What? Shalom, y'all. How you doing, my lord? Oh, brother, I'm doing good, man. I got to tell you the story, man, how my day went today. I really got to right. tell you. <laughs> so today was a rough day. I had a lot of crazy people, interactions, and it was just like they were testing my faith, like mm. my patience. There you go, testing my patience. They said when you pray, you patience, God really tests you. To see if you're re you're ready for the next level, so it was a pretty rough day, and I was like, you know what, I gotta go to the gym. It's been three weeks. Let me go. So I head to the gym. I'm so excited, man. I feel like Arthur. You know, every yeah. day I'm walking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> I got my gym bag. I got my swimsuit. I'm ready to go swimming, which is one of my favorite things. Right. I get to the new gym, which I usually don't go, and I go. And I see a bunch of people chilling in the pool, just chilling. Mm. Like we're talking about people that it's sad to say they don't look like they 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 don't want to work out. They're okay, checking okay, their okay. toes, their hair. Um, oh, a bunch of ladies, a bunch of ladies, a bunch of ladies, and 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 it look like they ain't trying to do work. Like all they all I see is cutting the nails. Um. You know, splashing the water. I'm like, come on, man. I'm trying to do my laps. So I'm trying to. It's not like a bunch of IG models. Right, right. I wish. If it, if it was, I would have been in the pool and started a conversation. <laughs> so I'm waiting, right? I see one lady in one of the aisles of the swimming pool. And I'm like, girl, can you just go with your friend and just chill so I could do my lap? I'm trying to give her eye contact. And she sees it, and I'm waiting, and she doesn't move. And I'm like, dang, man, this sucks. I don't know how long they're going to stop talking, just chilling in the water. So I see this dude come in, really tall. Um, and he goes, hey, uh, brother, you here for the class? I'm like, what class? He goes, oh, yeah, we're having a water class. And he goes, hey, that's why everybody's here, man. They're about to start. I said, what time? <laughs> He goes six o'clock. I'm like, dang, that means I got five minutes. I said, I ain't gonna be able to do my lap. And then he's like, it's really fun. I was like, nah, bro, I'm good. I was like, I was so disappointed. I left. I get you to sign up for some new stuff. <laughs> right. I was like, I ain't trying to. I was like, okay, I look what you're missing out on. <laughs> right. And I was like, nah, I'm good, man. I got my own routine. So I left. I was disappointed. I go home. And I got so much anger because I wanted to swim. I was disappointed. So I was like, you know what? 
I'm gonna do some um arts, you know, something to okay. calm my spirit. Some kata. Right, there you go. So I was getting ready, I was doing it, but I'm gonna be honest, man, with the after a few kicks, I could hear my body go <laughs> like I couldn't do it. Uh, no I was tired, bro. I was winded. I was like, dang, those three weeks death is death me. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never been a fan of the gym. You know, my wife is a gym enthusiast, and um, I guess I just hit the books hard. You know, that's my workout. I work my brains out. Um, but, I, yeah, never been a gym fan. I mean, I, I liked riding bikes. That's about it. I'm not the greatest swimmer. I know how to swim, but I'm not that great. But, yeah, I remember when you started, you know, you started back up with working out. And, you know, it's funny how just – you know, just a little break. It's like you almost like starting over again, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy, brother. Now look, I, I wanna I wanna ask you something. So this is for those who don't know, ladies and gentlemen, brother Mike is one of the first people to actually read the whole book. And I'm so proud of him. Oh, like yeah. I kept calling him, brother, did you finish? You're yeah. like, I'm almost there. I'm, I'm I'm on page 85. Page 85. It's like cool. Yeah. cool. <laughs> I'm and, sorry I couldn't knock it out sooner, but it was a joy to finish it up last, you know, week. And uh and you know, it's it's like uh this old saying that a lot of people start books and they don't finish them, you know. So it's always I mean, I've read a lot of books in my life, especially when I was younger. But as you get older, you know, social media and all types of media steals time from, you know, sitting down reading books. Only real reading I could say I do on a consistent basis is like um, reading Torah, you know, reading the portion every week. And then especially during, you know, a service at Beshalom. You know, I'm reading along with the person that's reading on the on the stage because I'm responsible of putting up um, the Hebrew for the viewers to see at home, you know, that are watching virtually. So I'm reading along with them. So I, that's my and then, you know, I got a bunch of reading to do at work and a lot of writing. So that, that also steals time. You know, it's like so it was it was a blessing to sit down and, you know, read for, for joy, which is my favorite thing, you know? Wow. That's amazing, brother. I, I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's discipline. You know, you gotta have time to read. I like reading too, because it, it keeps my mind off of reality. You know, whatever I'm mm -hmm. thinking of, I, I like to learn and grow. And wait, wait, wait. So reading is your outlet to reality. Ah. It is. Ah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Oh man, you you made me think of this song. Yeah, baby, I like it like that. I like it. I know that song. <laughs> you remember that? You remember? Yeah. Uh, that was from wasn't that a, a movie? That was like one of the big something. I remember that that song was big back then, back yeah. in the uh, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, it was like uh, I think the name of the movie was called "I Like It Like That." It was yeah, like... yeah, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the name of the movie, brother. <laughs> Brother, that brother. Was it, I remember, I, and, and that was back when, like, um, they first came out with the hot box, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was like, I watched that movie a lot of times, was it? Yeah. Was it with, like, Woody Harrelson and, and Rosie Perez or something like that? I forgot the, the actors. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, in the Bronx or Brooklyn. They were something like that. I don't, yeah. in New York somewhere. 
But it was it was a good movie. It's a classic. It's a classic, yeah. brother. And I uh, brother, I, I want to ask you. So you know, you being the first to read the book, what? Nah, I think your guy in uh, Vegas finished first. But who, who finished it first? Oh Be yeah, honest. it was it was Josh and Tilly. Yeah. They from the there you go, know there. they definitely. I might have bought it before them though. <laughs> you did buy it first. You did buy it first. Uh, I might have been one of the first people that purchased it, but I know someone finished before me, which is good because, you know, it, that's the funny thing. Like when you're young, you have more time to do like stuff yeah. like that. You know, once you get married, have kids, career, and, you know, all the activities of like, you know, participating in the shul or, you know, synagogue is, you don't have much time to read. So, when you're young, man, you can rip through some books. That's what I did, you know. That's true. I read, I read probably, I want to say from the age of like, you know, man, I don't know, like 12 to 24. I probably read like a thousand books, like not little baby books either, like real books. So Dang. when you're young, get it in, you know. Yeah. Like they say, remember the creator in the days of your youth, you know. Remember God when you're young because you're not going to have as much time to think about it when you get older. So, Wow. It's deep. It's deep, deep, brother. It's deep. But so, yeah, let, let's jump into the book. Yeah. Tell me. Tell I me. haven't got it signed yet. You know, last time you here, I forgot to have you sign it, but it was it was great to, to finish it. Um, you know, being that it is a, a book that has to do with the Jewish faith and, um, you know, I approached it and just like a lot of things that Rabbi Fournier has taught me is, you know, to use the Pardes system. Um, you know, Peshat, Ramez, Jarosh, and Sod. Uh, you know, Peshat being literal, Ramez being um, allegorical, Jarosh uh, meaning to draw out, and Sod meaning to draw in. And then when you put them all together, you know, that's where you get the acronym Pardes, which is, is almost like a Shalem, you know, to make something whole, which is the root word of Shalom, you know, the piece to make so to put all the pieces back together so um you know so and then and you know as i taught my kids because those are hebrew as we were teaching hebrew the rabbi funye taught me that you know the reason you learn how to read hebrew is so you can read torah and then you can you know torah being like the foundation of judaism you know the commandments are all in there that when you approach everything that you can also apply that uh, i don't want to say recipe but that formula to everything so uh but explaining that to my kids was a little difficult so i just you know i, I broke it down to them in layman terms so pardes is like physically you know ramez is like mentally um darash is like emotionally and then so does spiritually. And then when you put them all together as an acronym, you got something that's holistically explanatory so that everything all together. So, you know, like I said, your book is a Jewish book. So I approached it that way as, as reading, you know, almost like uh, cliff notes in the Torah, you know? I like that. Or, or, or as, as they say, um, you know, with the Tanakh, right? You know, it's the Torah. Uh, and the Nevi'im and the Kitavim, right, which is where you get the acronym Tanakh. And it's sort of like you have uh, the Law of Moses, you have what they call the, the Major Prophets and the Minor Prophets. It's like your book is almost like 
you know, another chapter in this book. It, it tells about the story of how the Torah changed your mom's life, changed your life, and the lives of many strangers and friends who at one point were strangers, but they became friends because of things that your mom did based upon the Torah. Right. There's a lot of other stuff in there. But um, yeah, so that's how I approached the book. And, you know, and uh, I got lots to say, but I want to give you some time to reflect on that, you know. I love it. I love it. I, I do want to say, like, I think what makes it stand out when you read it was, was the fact that you got to meet some of the characters yes. in person. When I yes. revealed the book to my mom, you met my Caruso, Pablo, a cousin yes. slash brother. You met um, Michael, who happens to be my neighbor, who's in the chain of the Perkins. Uh, you met my brother Jimmy, who's one of the oldest. Um, so it was nice that you got to. Um, and don't forget, I, I've met your mom several times, so it's it was nice to learn her story, you know. And because you know, you know, I I I think I've been hanging out with your mom like well, like I've known her for maybe like thirteen or fourteen years, you know, ever since um, Elder Carmen was at your place. So like. You know, you see a person, you don't know much about them, and then you read a book that's describing a lot of stuff about them, and it feels like, wow, I didn't know I was hanging around this magnificent person all these years. I just knew she was a good person, but now I get to know some of the good thing, good deeds that she did in her life. So I thank you for that. Of course, brother. Of course. Um. So, you know, like if we touch on it the way that I, I framed it, you know, physically, just like the story of what happened with your mom and, you know, how she came to the States and then, you know, how she almost like got stuck here and then she went back, but she still was determined to come back. Like that speaks to, you know, the physical aspects, the actual struggle, you know, of, of leaving her native land to help someone else and then leaving once again and in turn helping many more people. So it was almost like that first, like uh, the Torah says, uh, I think it's Abraham to, uh, I forget what it is, uh, the Torah portion. Oh, I know. I know which one. I know which one you're about to say. It's, it's the one where he says, uh, but it was Isaac. Uh, the one I'm thinking about is Isaac, where he says, where you go, I go. Where you stay, I stay. Hey. No, I think that's from the Book of Ruth. I, I, I'm talking about oh, like where it says, uh, <laughs> "What's coming to mind is lech lecha," which means like you know, go for yourself. But uh, it, it's escaping right right now. But when it was when when God or Hashem told Abraham to get up and go, mm. and so it was like it's like your mom heard that calling as well. She got up and she came to the states. Um, you know, mentally thinking about like a lot of stuff with your dad. And, you know, how it seemed like he loved your mom, but he wasn't in love with her way of life, which ultimately sort of is what separated them, if you really think about it. Because the things that happened in the book, if he was more into uh, her belief or her faith, they may have never happened because, you know, there's a lot of commandments against what happened with him in the book. I don't want to. Spoil it for anyone who hasn't read it yet. So, you know, he he didn't have, you know, the same mindset um, as your mom did. And he didn't understand how to apply um, 
you know, like when you read Torah and, you, and you're reading the Talmud or you're reading whatever um, writings from the Jewish faith, it's supposed to change you. It's not supposed to be superficial. It's, you know, it's supposed to change your mindset, your outlook, the way you think of things. Um, you know, and then emotionally, um, we see a lot of distraught throughout the book. Um, because the the fallout, you know, like with your mom and 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 how your dad was literally destroyed her writings, you know, and that's a very emotional thing, you know sort of goes back to you know all the atrocities of history where like if you want to destroy someone you just burn their history you know and it's sort of that happens with your mom like she put together this writing and he was like i'm gonna burn it it's like i mean <laughs> just threw it away or something like that he had to burn it so you know that that leaves like a, a stain on the memory you know it really hurts and then you know just spiritually like you know, think about like all the stuff that your mom was doing and like, you know, a portion of the book where you said that like your dad was, uh, you know, they were separated. They had moved on, you know, from the relationship, but he would still come over for Shabbat. So it was sort of like, even though they were done, she was still leaving a door open, a way that he could be a part of your life. And, you know, in a small scale part of her life as well, like, like, you know, forgiving him might have been a lot easier because he was uh, attending the spiritual gatherings, you know? You know, and I, all together, you know, from beginning to end, the book is, it's a very spiritual book. And, you know, as and as we've spoken about many times, it's, it's your legacy. Um, I would argue with that. It's more of your mom's legacy. And it's like maybe the foundation of your legacy. And in future writings, we'll get to learn a little bit more of what you want to do different from your mom or, you know, to build upon what she's done. Oh, I love it. I love it, brother. I think you hit a lot of points. And um, I think you're right about how my mom and my dad were two different spiritual levels. They were different. And I don't think my father could accept the way she was like hmm. the fact that she invited so many people for Shabbat, yeah. all walks of life. You know, That'd be expensive. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, right. You know, no, for real. It, it's crazy how my mom and I tell this a lot to people, you know, as a single mom, she had two jobs. All yeah. every paycheck she had was only for Shabbat. Wow. That's so dedication. She, big time, big time. And she didn't. I don't, I don't know about that stuff, man. Like I, I didn't grow up in that Jewish kind of household. I grew up in, you know, an Ashkenazi, you know, European Jewish household. And uh, you know, I told you before on your other podcast, we were like, we we're secular Jews, you know. We had, I guess you say, all the entitlements to being Jewish, but we weren't into it like your mom was. You know, it was like a. You know, I I didn't learn about holy days, quote unquote, until I started attending Rabbi Fournier's congregation. As a kid, I just thought of them as Jewish holidays, just like holidays that you celebrated along with like Christian holidays. You know, it was like Hanukkah and Christmas, you know, Passover and, you know, Easter. I, I didn't know it was a, like your mom knew, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
and she taught you, you know, so you you came up in this way of life, even though it's been, I don't know, at least four or five generations in, in my family, uh, my mother's side, we weren't really into it the way your mom was. It's really impressive how how far she went, you know, to keep the faith. Yeah. And you know what's crazy, you know, speaking of that, I have a lot of family and friends that they think my mom is crazy for having so many people living in the house. You know, there was one point I mentioned the book. I think I had like 17 people living in my mom's house. And when people hear that, they think something's wrong with my mom because it's not normal. The typical normal quote unquote is like having um, two parents, having your kids, that's it. But my mom, she broke the barriers, right? She's like, anybody that needs a place to live, their house is their house. And, you know, one of my sisters told me, you know, it's interesting how your mom always gave the guests a room. Man, and I a lot always, of times I see in the book, she gave her the best. Right. The best room, the best of the best to the guests. That's, that's like Abraham once again. And, you know. Right, hospitality, that's big. Because something I, I didn't mention in the book, but there's something hmm. that really stood out um, about my mom and her teachings. I remember I told my father, this is like years later, right? This is during the pandemic. When I, I saw him after 15 years, I told him, you know, when I used to come over to your house, my dad used to have a condo. When I used to come to your house, you instead of giving me like the guest room me sleep in the couch and i said it's crazy because i'm your you know i'm your first son firstborn i i look more like you than my other siblings my other brothers and you could have done that and i and i learned that my mom has definitely understood the importance of hospitality like like you know you want your guests to get the best and when they walk out of the house they look back like wow they treated me like family you know my father he he didn't really understand it but then i explained it to him again like you know you your kids are going to watch that you know when they get older you know I learned the things to not to do, right? That's a big key, gotcha. you know? Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's amazing on how my mom is able to, and I'm gonna be honest with you, something that I also left out in the book, when I had so many people in the house, right? I remember like yesterday, I pulled my mom to the side, I said, mom, <laughs> I hate that I have to share my room. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I want I my own it. space. You know, every time I got a phone call, I want to talk to a girl. I can't because I got to share my room. <laughs> and my mom said to me something really powerful that till this day, I, I still remember. She's like, this is my house. I could do whatever I want. She's like, when you have enough money, you can move out, do what you want, have your own rules. But let me tell you something. This house is going to teach you something you're not going to learn in school. And that is how to deal with, deal with personalities. 
That's mm. a big key. I got to I got to live with people that had bipolar syndrome. Uh, I I got to live with people that had anger issues, different uh, characteristics. And my mom is so right because she said, what you're going to learn here is going to prepare you for the streets. So, so I'm older. I worked at schools. I worked at different places. And I already can see when I meet somebody what they got. I say, okay, this person I know I'm working with. And or I know how to de-escalate this situation, yeah, you know, depending on what they have. You know what I'm saying? Let, let me ask a quick question related to this, yeah? Yeah. So it was like what? She was having Shabbat dinners for like 10 years? Is that right? So she had it for about, I would say, since I was like about like 12 or 13-ish, okay, all I'm the way sure. till college. So what was what, 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 it? What, what, college is what, 24, 25? Yeah, so I graduated 23. Okay, 20. So it was about 10 years, no? Give or take? Yeah, 10 years, 10 years. So in that 10 years time, I mean, by your estimate, how many different people did she have over for Shabbat dinner? Oh, so many, so many. Take a shot at it, guess. Man, I, I, I would say I can't even count, but I could tell you that I remember their face. Okay. I may not you know more than a thousand. I was. If you had a hundred at one dinner. Yeah. So more than a thousand. I would say maybe more. Yeah. Maybe so maybe 2, around 000? there. Maybe maybe around there. Maybe a thousand. I would say because my mom, she like I said, she had, and and like understand this when we did the Shabbat right, Sunday, Carmen was lead a class on the Parsha or something that had to do with the Tanakh. Okay. So not only would I have my, and I mentioned a little bit in the book, like I had my, my siblings and I had my neighbors to come and hear and listen to these stories and to debate and to, you know, feed off each other's. Sometimes we had guests that we've never met. My mom just met them maybe at a store or somewhere. Okay. She's like, Hey, I hey, come through, uh, a class Sunday and I think it was so cool because you know a lot of people they tell me like when I go study like right now I study at at the Colel and um and I, I'm with like a bunch of young men like in the age of 20 to like 30 that's the the age group and it's crazy because they're shocked even the rabbis how much midrash I know mm. and they're like Where'd you learn this? Like, how did you? And I said, I tell them all the time, if you were, if you would have met Carmen, if you met my mom, they will quote like from uh, word to word. You know what I'm saying? I could do something in Hebrew too as well. Yeah. yeah so well, no, the reason I asked the question, because you know, what's at the heart of the book is that um many of the guests were not of the Jewish faith, had no background and you know so what i'm trying to get at is that like i said let's just say there's a thousand people that was exposed to judaism that would have never been given the opportunity unless your mom opened her doors to them that's a real mitzvah yeah real uh like you know 
Blessing. <laughs> you, I bet you still haven't looked up the word for uh, miracle, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I looked it up. It's uh, Nes, Noon, Samich, but there's more to it than that. But uh, there's different words. But yeah, it, it it was miraculous that, you know, there was a place for people to be welcomed into. And even if it was just for a couple hours to be exposed to, you know, some Torah, you know, some Talmud some mishnah right so many different things and and who knows you know like like you know we're talking about one of the guys in your book you know like that held him through a really dark period in his life if he didn't come to those gatherings and you know maybe that would be your next book you know you go out and find these thousand people and uh they tell you how uh attending you know uh shabbat in chicago at your mom's house changed your lives huh Right. Yeah, it's true. It's like a sequel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, that's good. That's good, brother. I, I think that, you know, something that my mom really believes is that even though people may not be Jewish, right? Yeah. I believe personally that we all have a chispa, a spark of Hashem in us. Some sort of way. The reason why, because uh, chuspa is the Hebrew word, but in Spanish oh. it's chispa. Oh, okay. Chispa, so, you know. Thank you. And okay. right. I'm learning as we go. <laughs> right, right. And I, I really believe that's how my mom didn't see no one different. She mm. believed that we were all connected, that we all somehow to draw them closer connect with them i think that's a gift right um finding ways how to even have a conversation right just to break these walls and um i think that's a beautiful thing because if if not not if you don't have that kind of mindset then we exclude ourselves from everyone that we only stick to our own group you can't something that rashi said i love what rashi said that for some people it's hard to to practice and you know we still got time to practice Arashi said the reason why um the Hasida bird is not kosher now the Hasida bird comes from the word chesed which means does kindness was because that bird only helps its own kind mm. so it's not kosher because we didn't come in this world to only help our Jews. We came into this world to help others. Yeah, to make light into the nations, right? Exactly. So that's why we can't eat the Hasidah bird, which is the most beautiful philosophy. I love it. And I think that's kind of like where my mom is, her mindset's at. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't think in a box. Think bigger, you know? Think other perspectives uh the only way we grow as a humanity or as humans is learning different perspectives and that's how you test your faith that's how you grow that's how you ask questions um and that's how you break stereotypes that's a big one stereotypes um but yeah brother i i um it's a you, you hit some good points brother i really appreciate it hey. You know, like I said, I read the book. You know, I'm a, I'm a student by nature. I took good notes and uh, I did some. You know, we we spoke a couple times prior to this 
you know, so it it is, um, you know, considering that a year ago the book didn't exist, right? It's a miracle, right? That it, right. That, you know, we are where we are now with you. And, you know, I, I remember you were speaking a little with Chino about, you know, how you came about doing it when he did the interview with you. And I was like, it was also good to learn those portions, how, how it came into fruition so quickly. And, you know, it's, um, it's just like uh, the first, uh, as they say, the first rung on, on the ladder, you know, you have a long ways to go. You talk about like David's ladder, you know, the angels were descending and ascending. It's just the first rung on the ladder. So as you're going up, positive energy is coming down and you know we'll we'll see what the next rung in the ladder is right that's true uh, so there, you know there's that um and then you know as always thanks for having me back um it's a blessing always coming on i'm sorry it's been a while and like i said i'm sorry it took me a while to, to get through the book i should have i mean and in all honestly like had i had the time i could have knocked that out in one day but Sitting still for several hours in a row is impossible anymore. Yeah. So while you're young, you're not married, you don't have children, house, you know, multiple cars. Enjoy reading more, brother. Okay, <laughs> you and your fans. <laughs> when you get all that stuff, reading is almost like sleep. It's sacrificed. Yeah. Probably true. like reading is probably one of the main things that benefits you in life. You know, next yeah. to like sleep. Right. Where you get your, you know, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, the art, uh, Bina, Kochma, you know, and, but we don't make enough time to read besides, you know, a few seconds here and there on social media snippets. <laughs> That's true. So thank you for the book and uh, thank you for putting it together, my lord. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. Well, look, I'm about to wrap it up because it looks like Zoom's about to kick us out. Uh, guys, this is the Outlet to Reality, the oldest podcast in Vegas and Chicago every Tuesday. Um, um, if you want to change your life, don't forget, subscribe. Yeah. And you already know my book is already out, Shabbat in Chicago, out on Amazon. And Brother Mike, where can our fans find you? Uh, you can find me at Rabbi Funye's Congregation. Uh, 6601 South Kedzie Avenue, um, almost every Shabbat of the year. Shalom. Peace.